think there is a more important topic than what we are discussing this morning. If the principles that we are gathering around from the Bible this morning, if these things are applied wholeheartedly, then there will be much, much, much more good done in this old world. Striving for a closer walk. Thank you, Brother James, for leading us in that great song. Just a closer walk with thee. Grant it, Jesus, this my plea. Let it be. Let it be. By way of introduction, I want us to think real closely, seriously, about how God wants to be close to us. God wants to be close to us. He wants to be intimate with us. Jesus says in John 15, and verse 15, he says, I no longer call you servants. I want to call you friends. I want to call you friends. We read in James 4 and verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Let it be planted deeply in my soul that God wants to be close to me. In just a little while, we'll be gathering around the Lord's Supper and that's, that's what the Lord's Supper is all about, to remind us that Jesus gave himself for us. He shed his blood. It's impossible for God to be close to sin, but Jesus, with his blood, cleanses us from our sin. God showing us he wants to be close to us. It's entirely possible for this to happen. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Don't say no. Yes, it is possible to be close. We read in Genesis 5 and 22, the Enoch walked with God. What do you think that means? Noah said, it's said of Noah in Genesis 6, 9, and 10 that he walked with God. He walked with God. In Exodus 33 and verse 11, it says that God spoke to Moses face to face as he would with a friend as he would with a friend. You know from 1 Samuel 13, 14 that David was referred to as a man after God's own heart. It is possible to be close to God. It is possible. Abraham is called the friend of God, James 2, 23. And the reason this is possible, as we just mentioned, the reason this is possible is because of our Lord Jesus Oh, Romans 5, verse 10. Oh, Romans 5, verse 10. While we were enemies, we were reconciled. We're reconciled, as you know, to make friends. To make friends. We were made friends with God through the death of Jesus. Reconciled. We were made friends. It's possible because of Jesus. But this is rather shocking news, just to be blunt. It's shocking news. I can understand the relationship with God when I think about Him being the Creator and I'm the created. No problem there. I can think of God in, in a relationship with Him when I think of Him being, he, He's the Lord and Master and I'm the servant. No problem there. But when God steps forward and says, I want to be your friend, that is shocking because 
Here he is, the, the all-powerful, all-seeing, all-knowing, perfect God, wanting a friendship with, with wretched old me. Wretched me? What is... This is quite shocking. But how can this happen? Three, three big ideas this morning. How can this happen? How can this begin to happen? Three big ideas this morning. First, there has to be constant communication. There has to be constant communication. Colossians 4 and verse 2, Paul emphasizes this. He says, continue in prayer. Be steadfast therein. That's constant communication, isn't it? Continue in prayer. Be steadfast therein with, with watchfulness and with thanksgiving, he says. You see, God doesn't want us just for an appointment. He doesn't want just an appointment with us. He doesn't want just an appointment with us twice a week and, and a quiet time every day. That, those things are good, of course, but God wants more than that. God wants to be more than an appointment on our list. He wants to be a, more than an appointment in our book. God wants to be every, every part of us. He wants to be in every part of us. He wants to be in every situation. God wants to be in every acti activity of ours. He wants to be in every conversation. He wants to be in every problem. He wants to be in our every thought. Yes, God wants to be in our every thought. That's right. That's why we read in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, pray without ceasing. What do you think that means? Certainly a big part of that is that we're going to be praying to God, not just a time or two or day, a day, not just on certain times during the week, but we're going to be constantly praying to the Lord just as much as possible. And how does this happen? How does it happen that you can be in constant communication with the Lord? Well, I think the scripture suggests to us to pray a lot of short prayers. A lot of short prayers throughout the day. When we pray short prayers, we're able to maintain some focus without getting lost or or wondering in our prayers. You ever do that in your prayers? I, I have at night especially. I want to get into a big prayer and then before long I've, I've lost my way. When we pray a lot of short prayers, we're, we're staying in constant communication with God throughout the day and we're maintaining our focus. A lot of times complex prayers with a lot of words involved just gets us uh, lost. Just, just, keep, just causes us to wander around. Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 4, you remember Nehemiah's burden was that he's, he's serving there as cupbearer for King Artaxerxes, but his heart is back home and his face became sad. And the king noticed that. Why is your face sad? And he said, why shouldn't it be sad? The city of my father's is in ruins. The gates have been burned. Why shouldn't it be sad? And then the king asked him, what is it that you're asking? And right before he answers the king, you notice there, Nehemiah prays. He prays a little short prayer. And then he gives his request to the king to go back help rebuild the city. Short prayers. Short prayers. What about short prayers? Nothing wrong with long prayers. You know, Jesus 
Luke chapter 6 and verse 12, he prayed all night long. Nothing, nothing wrong with praying all by yourself. Jesus, Mark 1, 35, he got up way early in the morning while it was still yet dark. He went, out, he went away from everybody else and he prayed. There's nothing wrong with that. We ought to do a lot of that. But being close to God, being friends with God means you're in constant conversation even all day long. So what about a lot of short prayers? Why not, why not pray, Lord, help me to be more like you? That's a prayer. Lord, help me to trust you. Lord, help me to be more like you. Lord, help me to turn away from this sin. Lord, defeat me in that thought I just had. Why not just pray to the Lord all day long? Little short prayers all day long. That's short prayers. Another thing that I'd recommend is, is to look for, look for reminders throughout the day that will remind you to pray. Look for either visual or some kind of reminder that will help you to remember to, to pray. An older man years ago, what he would do is he worked in his shop. Every time his, the grandfather's clock would chime hourly, then he would stop. Every time it chimed, he would stop and pray. Every time. What would he pray about every hour? Well, maybe one hour he would pray for missionaries. The next hour, he, he might pray for children. Next hour, he might pray for a children's home. The, the next hour, he might just start on his Thanksgiving list and thank the Lord uh, for his blessings. And in the next hour, he might pray personally, like we're doing this morning, that, that he can be, have a closer walk with God. There's plenty of things to pray about if we just sit down and think about it. But that's what he did. Every time the clock chimed, he would stop and pray. We have that song, you know, Sweet Hour of Prayer. We can remind ourselves easily on the top of every hour or at the bottom of every hour to stop and pray. What about throughout the day, every time we, we, we change what we're doing, that we just have a prayer? You know, usually most of us, as we approach our day, we have a big task involved, but underneath those, that big task are several small tasks that need to get What about every time we change task? we stop and pray. What about every time we, we change subjects or whatever it is we're doing? We what, what about every time we change locations, we stop and pray? Jesus said, Luke 18, verse 1, that we always ought to pray. He taught his disciples that men ought to always to pray and not to faint. Our goal here is a closer walk with God. This happens only through constant communication. Second big ideal this morning is to practice the presence of God. You've got to believe, you've got to believe that God is close by. That's what the Bible teaches, Philippians 4 and verse 5. Let your moderation be known to all men. Let your gentleness be known to all men. For the Lord is nearby. The Lord is at hand. He really is. We've got to learn to practice believing that He is close by. Only by practice does someone get skillful. Whether it's, a, whether it's an athlete or whether it's a musician, no matter what it is, practice, 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 and that's where you develop your skill. It's the same thing, practicing being in the presence of Almighty God. 
There are three keys here I want us to think about. Three keys to practicing the presence of God. The first key has to do with attitude. Attitude. Change of attitude. To practice in believing the presence of God is not about changing what you're doing. But it's more about changing how you think. How you think. And the Apostle Paul describes this for us really well when he talks about the relationship of, relationship of servants to their masters. Colossians 3, 22 to 24. Ephesians chapter 6, 5 through 8. And he tells the servants there, he says, the, the work that you're doing, do it, do it as you're doing unto, unto the Lord. As you're just, as you're just working for the Lord and not unto men. Colossians 3.23 Whatever you do, Paul says, work heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. And so what we have to do is start everything that we're doing, we've got to start doing those things as if you were doing it for the Lord. As if the Lord just told you to do this because really He did. Whether it's, whether it's taking out the trash or whether it's, it's uh, delivering uh, groceries or whether it's preparing your children to come to the services of the church, whatever it is that you're doing, you're doing that as if you're doing it for the Lord because really you are doing it to the Lord. You just realign your mind to say, hey, this is for the Lord. Colossians 3, 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks unto His name. That must be our constant thought all throughout the day. Whatever it is that we're doing, do it for the Lord. That's one key, attitude, attitude. The second key is what we simply call communion or togetherness. Think about togetherness with the Lord all day long. Think about togetherness, togetherness. I'm a little concerned that we have become too dependent on each other and not dependent on the Lord. These folks you see sitting around you, you're not to be dependent on them. Your faith is not first and foremost in people, but in the Lord. In the Lord. The Lord puts us together to encourage each other, but not to be dependent on. My dependence is on the Lord, regardless of what he or she may do or say. That's not going to affect my faith. My faith is in the Lord. And so the key to living out his presence is. To maintain that, that together, togetherness with Him, that communion with Him all throughout the day. We have become too event-oriented in the church today. One of the great faults of the modern church is we've got this conference there and this day there and that conference there and this workshop there. It's almost as if we are saying to ourselves, I can't really think about the presence of God until I've got something special going. And that's not what the Lord ever intended at all. 
He meant for us to be communing with Him every day, all throughout the day. Ephesians 4 and verse 6. There is one God and Father of all who is above all and through all, and please read it carefully, and in you all. He's just with us. He's just with us. Acts 17, 27 and 28, in Him we live and move and have our very being. The presence of God is just as real to you and me on one day as He is on another. And we've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to believe that. It's what the Lord wants us to understand. It's what the Lord wants us to live out. Okay. So the second key is togetherness with the Lord. Together, Tom Holland, he used to talk about it like this. He said, try to visualize, and it's hard to do, but just kind of visualize the Lord Jesus, how he must have looked in his day. Try to visualize him just walking with you or sitting in the car with you, or sitting on the pew uh, next to you. Try to visualize, try to, try to visualize something about the Lord that will make the fact that He is with us real. And then the third key is awareness. Attitude, togetherness, awareness. If you're looking for a feeling you miss the entire point of what it is to follow God. If you're looking to feel something, you miss the entire point. Okay. We do not serve God to feel good. We serve God to do good. Please repeat that. We do not serve God to feel good. We serve God to do good. We want to do good every day. And so our aim is not to seek out some feelings, but our aim is, is, to have, is to have an awareness of the reality that the Lord is near. That's our aim. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, the Lord says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Psalm 23, 4 Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, no evil, for thou art with me. Thou art with me. So we must practice. I suggest, I suggest to us that we think constantly about doing everything that we do, do it for the Lord. And that we don't seek feelings from the Lord, but just an awareness of His presence in our lives. And that we would think very, very seriously about how that God wants us to, to walk with Him and to visualize and picture Him being with us because He really is. And the third big idea this morning is continual meditation. Continual meditation. Constant communication. Practicing His presence and Continual meditate. You know what it means to meditate, and that is to think about the word, God's word over and over again. To think about God's word continuously, day and night, to, to meditate. 
the best people we read about in the Bible were people who highly valued God's word and they meditated upon it. Psalm 1 and verse 2, you recall, the righteous man, what does he do? He delights in the law of the Lord. In his law, does he meditate day and night? Psalm 1 verse 2. Psalm 119, 97, David said, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day long. We it's focused thinking. Meditation is focused thinking. We're, we're focused on thinking about God's word all the day long. You remember what Job said, Job 23 and verse 12. He says, I treasure up the words from his mouth more than my necessary food. That's a lot because if you're like me, I think about eating a lot, don't you? What am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? Job says, I think more. I think more. I treasure up his word in my heart more than my necessary food. It was a treasure to him more than even his daily food. When we meditate upon the Word of God, we must have these thoughts in mind. We must think about who God is and what He has done and the promises that He has made. Now turn with me to Psalm 77 for a second and notice this little meditation thought. Psalm 77 Looking down at verse 12. This is a psalm of Asaph. Look what Asaph said. I will ponder, and that's, that's the idea here, meditation. I will ponder on all of your work, Lord, and I will meditate on your mighty deeds. When we do this, then we are more and more assured that He will fulfill the promises that He has made. It tells us, it tells us who God is, all-powerful. It tells us what He has done. And it tells us that He will keep His promises. And we meditate upon that all the time, all the day, day and night. We know what it means to meditate. It's to ponder, it's to mull over, and it's to review in our minds, Scripture all throughout the day. Just review it and remember it and, and recall it. That's what we got to do. What are some Scriptures you can recall? There are so many Scriptures and prayers you can say that are just short. Just short. Think about, you know, definitely Jesus prayed long prayers, but Jesus prayed short prayers too. While Jesus was hanging on the cross, He prayed several short prayers. He, for one was... Father, forgive them for they know not what to do. So there is a prayer you can remember. And there's also some scripture you can remember. Father, forgive them for they know not, know not what they do. I like to remember Psalm 19, 14. It's a little prayer and scripture. Where David says, May the, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord my strength and my redeemer. I tell you, that little verse is packed with truth. Remember, Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Why don't we just, there are so many little scriptures that we can remember throughout the day. 12 hours in a daytime, 12 verses, whatever it is that you can do, for me to live is Christ, to die 
is gain. Paul said in Galatians 2 verse 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. There's a scripture for you. It's to recall, 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 recall. There's, there's nothing that takes the place of repetition. Nothing. Nothing. As we said about the presence of God, so we say about the Word of God, practice, 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 repeat, repeat, repeat. Look what Peter says in 2 Peter 1 and 13. He says, I think it is right, Peter says, I think it is right as long as I'm in this body. Now we ought to thought. Let us stop and think about that a second. Peter understood he would not be in this body for very long. That is true of you and me as well. So this ought to get our attention. Peter is saying, here's what I think is right. As long as, I, as long as I'm in this body, here's what I need to do. And then he says it. He says, I need to stir up your mind by way of remembrance, by way of reminder. Now, how is Peter going to keep his audience or his, his students or his brethren, how is he going to keep them stirred up? He's going to keep on reminding them of gospel truth. Now, if that's good for Peter to do in his situation, wouldn't that be good for us to do every day? If we want to keep our minds stirred up toward God, then just recall Scripture and you can... It's really not that difficult. Really not that difficult. We're going to say amen here in a little while. And then several of us are going to start talking to each other. None of us are going to have to go and do some research about what we're going to say to each other. We're just going to have something to say. If we can have something to say on a regular basis, then we can take some scripture and have that to say to ourselves as well. It's more of a matter of what we want to do when it comes to God's will. So these three simple ideas to help us have a closer walk. Constant communication, you can see that. Practicing the Lord's presence, we believe that. The Lord is with us. He's with us this morning in worship. Do you believe he's here? And then continual meditation, that certainly works. That's what it takes in a friendship. And that's what it takes with a friendship with God. Just a closer walk. Are these some of your habits? Are you in constant communication? You know, when we communicate to God, that's us speaking to God. When we meditate on His Word, that's God speaking to us. Do you believe? Do you see? It's not just a matter of this event or that event. It is a lifestyle. And it's a personal lifestyle. If we could be personally invested in God on a daily basis, then how much more good that would do for the entire world. That's the thrust of what we're trying to say uh, this morning. It may be that you're ready for that friendship. Maybe it is that we can assist you in that friendship this morning. Will you come home to God right now as we stand together, as we sing?